going on? It's Max. You know there's no better way to start your Saturday morning than with my friend Dr. Clapper and the Weekend Warrior Show. What's going on, L.A.? This is Kobe Bryant. All right. Start your weekend off right, listening to the Weekend Warrior Show with Dr. Clapper. I have a Beatles wig on. Every Saturday morning from 7 to 9 a.m. on ESPN, 710, home of your Los Angeles Lakers. Forget about the girl that said no Then I'll tell who I want where to go And I'll forget about your lies and deceit And your attempts to be so discreet Maybe today yeah, I'll slip away Welcome back, Weekend Warriors. I was listening to Sixto Rodriguez yesterday in the operating room and listening to this song, I'll Slip Away. It made me think about bending, bending in life. Zach just gave me the Bruce Lee quote. Bruce Lee, the icon in martial arts, said, Notice that the stiffest tree is most easily cracked, while the bamboo or willow survives by bending with the wind. It's exactly right. You gotta bend, and if you look carefully in life, your life is enhanced when you bend and not break. We're in the world of sports, and this is Dr. Michael Carlin's favorite athlete. He's in Chicago. I thought it would be Michael Jordan. It's not. It's Stan Mikita. The iconic hockey player, Stan Mikita, was a badass. He was born in communist Czechoslovakia, and at age eight, his parents said, we need, you need a better life, young man, than we can give you here in Czechoslovakia with communism. So we're going to send you as an eight-year-old to Canada, and you'll get adopted by your aunt. There's got to be a bitterness to that when you're adopted. Look what happened to Steve Jobs. That bitterness stayed in him forever. But Stan Mikita took it out on the hockey rink. and became an incredible hockey player. But there was an anger in him. He had more fights than anybody else. But listen to how he knew how to bend his life. It all happened when he had his five-year-old daughter come watch him play. And Stan Mikita bent and changed his life. And I'm going to tell you in a minute what he did to the sport of hockey as well. For years early in his career, he was one of the nastiest players in the NHL. A miserable son of a gun on the ice is how one former coach described him. And then, just like that, he was one of the most gentlemanly players in the game. As transformations go, it was unmatched and remarkable. Here's why it happened. His daughter Meg was uh, five years old and he just led the league in penalties the year before and she went to her first or second or third game and uh, after the game she said daddy how come you always get to sit by yourself <laughs> he's in the penalty box he said that changed him and uh, you know the very next year he won the lady bing trophy stan mikita knew how to bend in life and ultimately this happened he listened to sarah spain from espn i love her interviewing stan mikita 
tell us how it happened that you came up with this great idea of bending the blade of your hockey stick to make it more accurate and more powerful. My uh, invention started like all great inventions do by accident. It happened that uh, my stick got caught in the doorway of where the players come in and out of the, of the bench and somebody pushed me forward even more and the stick cracked. It did not break but it cracked. So uh, as I pulled it out and I saw the L shape in the, in the stick, uh, I got a little upset because now I had to go all the way downstairs to get another stick yeah. and I didn't really want to do that. So he went on the ice, and in his anger, he hits a puck. And listen to what he notices. So uh, I, did, I saw a puck land there, and I slammed it against the boards in anger, and there was a different sound that I heard, yeah. the, the rebound coming off the, off the boards. I, hit a, I shot a couple more with a wrist shot, and that, that turned out to be the same, the same thing, that uh, it was different. And uh, then finally the stick cracked, so I kept it in the back of my head, and uh, I think uh, it was that day or the next day after the shower, you know, you, you're waiting around to see what guys are going to do. And I, I said, let me see if I can bend one of those sticks into that yeah. per particular uh, area. Now he realizes, you know, you can bend wood without breaking it. This is how they make wooden sailboats. You steam it, you heat up the wood, and then you can manipulate and bend it. And when it dries or cools down, it keeps that bent shape. And uh, it took a while to, to get it through my head that I, I uh, you know, you, ha you have to kind of make the, the wood warmer or, or uh, uh, make it like a spaghetti. So yeah. it, it was almost <laughs> cooking hockey sticks, but, it, but not quite. And it, the way it came out is, is what I was looking for. Now, it took a lot of practice to uh, finally get the guts to use it in the game. Yeah. And I think about a month later is what, what I, uh, when I finally started to use it. And, of course, Bobby looked at it. He said, make me one of those yeah. in the left, which I did, made it in the, in the left-hand shot. And I guess the rest is history. The hardest-hitting slap shot that I've ever seen my senior year in high school working for the Islanders was by a guy named Bobby Hull, who was teammates with Stan Mikita. I literally saw Bobby Hull hit a puck so hard, like a bullet, and he shattered the glass behind the goalie. Well, Bobby Hull played with Stan Mikita. And listen to Bobby Hull tell the story from his perspective of where did you come up with that bent stick that allowed you to hit the puck so hard? Bobby Hull, God bless him, said it wasn't me. It was Stan Mikita. Now, who's the first guy? You say you had the... I'm not guilty. Now, who was the first guy? It was Mikita. Stan had uh, a terrible habit. If he didn't like a stick, he'd just lean on it and break it. And I said, Stan, and I don't know how many times, I said, there are 400 little guys out there that would just love to have one of your sticks. I said, don't break it. Hang it on my rack, and I'll see that someone gets it. So we're practicing one day. He didn't like his stick. Tried to lean on. He didn't have enough weight. It was late in the season. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so he went over to the door at our, our bench door, and he rammed it in the door between the hinges. Yeah. And he reared on it and reared on it. And finally, it split just a little, eh? It split in the blade, and the top part flew out, and the bottom stayed in. And he kept rearing on. So it came out, and the stick looked like this. In L shape. So while he was going downstairs, you know, in Chicago, we had yeah. to go downstairs to the dressing room. He grabbed a puck out in front of the net, and he fired it in. And I'm watching him. In the net he goes, fishes it out, come back. he came back again, fired it in. He did this six times. 
So I said to the guys in the bench, some of the guys were practicing down at the other end, I said, look at Makita, he's really kookaloo now. <laughs> I said, look at what he's doing. So he came up and I said, Stan, what were you doing? Firing the puck in the net, fishing it out, firing it. And he said, Bobby, he said, when I tried to break my stick, he said, I put a hook in the blade and he said, can you ever fire it? Can you ever fire it? And yes, you can. So after practice, he said, I'm going to call Northland. We use Northland yeah. Pro. This is a CCM. Yeah. Uh, we, I use Northland Pro most of my uh, career, except when I did some advertising for CCM. <laughs> and, like uh, a Dave, Dave knows about that, too. <laughs> and he said, I'm going to call Northland and get uh, half a dozen made up with a little hook in the blade. And I said, well, order me a half a dozen, too. And from then on, it just went from Ooh. a little bit to uh, where? Where's the cameras? Right over which, there? Which one? Look at that. That's that, that murderous was, or and what? That, and at times, it was even worse than that. Finally, the NHL had a mandate. It could only be a half inch of a curve because these guys could really curve it. And the speed the puck comes off that hockey stick can break glass. Here's a funny story about Bobby Hull and why his slap shot was so feared. Jerry Cheevers was the famous goalie, first guy actually to ever wear a face mask uh, for the Boston Bruins. I remember this. He used to make a black mark with a, a magic marker every time he got hit in the face that the, the mask saved his face. And at the end of the season, that white mask was completely black from all the little marks that he had made on it. But listen to Bobby Hull tell a great story about Jerry Cheevers, the goalie. He wanted nothing to do with Bobby Hull's slap shot. Where did you develop that slap shot, though? I mean, that was murder. First of all, let me tell you a story about Cheevers. Jerry Cheevers told me this story, and it's a true story. It was a power play, and the puck would, correct me if I'm wrong, the power play, you had a guy just sifting the puck over nice to you, nice feathering, and you'd hammer it, and he'd be ducking, hoping you'd score. Finally, you put it over five times, and the only way it stopped is you hit the crossbar, and went in the crowd, he says, I never prayed so hard in my life. Now listen to Bobby Hull tell the story about the day Jerry Cheevers vacated the goal. He didn't want to have any part of Bobby Hull hitting that puck with that bent, curved stick that he got from Stan Makita. But there was another time, even funnier than that, Don, I got it out the point and uh, the, one of the uh, defenders came out to check me and I reared back and I faked it. And I went around him, and he slid past me and I went in another, oh, 10 or 15 feet and I wound up again and one of the defensemen, thought that he'd take a chance at it, and he slid out, and I managed to get around him. Now I'm about from here, uh, maybe over to, to Jimmy there, out in front of the net. Now I look up, <laughs> I, I start to wind up, and I look up, and the net is vacant. <laughs> <laughs> and I, I start to laugh, and Cheevers had gone over, and the defenseman gave me a wide berth, and he gave me about three-quarters of the net. Cheevers was over hiding behind his defenseman. <laughs> and I fired it in the open side. That's what happens when you bend that stick. The power you get can crack glass. The accuracy you get. There's a metaphor, though. Enhancing your life in art, in music, in sports. In surgery, there's something to be said for bending. You can play the guitar and sound fine, but if you bend the strings, you get to sound like this. You get to sound like Eric Clapton, who learned early 
that just like your vocal cord bends those strings, bend the guitars like your vocal cord, and that guitar has its own voice. Coming up next, we're going to talk about surgery that I did yesterday using bent tools to achieve greatness in the operating room. And this week, I had Monday and Thursday off. What do you think I did? I went surfing. But I learned something interesting in the ocean this week. Because I surfed at two different spots, and something special happened because of the bend in my surfboard called the rocker. I'll explain. The number is 877-710-ESPN. We'll do some clap revision as well. The clinic will be open. You're listening to the one and only Weekend Warriors show here on 710 ESPN. Then I pursue my own happiness And you can keep your clocks and routines Then I go mend all my shattered dreams Maybe today Weekend Warriors on Facebook. Didn't you get the memo? Quickly hear Clapper's crazy kitchen stories. Easily find different callers' aches and pain issues. Right, I get it. Search Weekend Warrior in the search bar and click on Doc's picture. Who are you again? Voila! Like, follow, and enjoy the Weekend Warrior Facebook page. <laughs> 